Today at Kalos Church, we're asking the question. Should the church be political? Yeah. Mm. No? Mm. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek, and our hope is that you'd experience the beauty of Jesus today. You know, right now we have people meeting in house gatherings and online, and if you want to get content like this, please follow us on social media, subscribe to us on YouTube, or find a house gathering today. Yes, and before Pastor Pradeep preaches an incredible message, we want to share some good news. Yeah. We also want to pray together. Mm -hmm. We do this every single week, and the good news that I have today is that Amy Carlson, who is our kids director here at Kalos Church, her mother was discharged from the hospital on Friday. On. Um, and this was an answer to prayer because a couple weeks ago, Amy's mom, Susie, who lives on the East Coast, actually found some um, bleeding that was going on in the inside. It was very scary. Mm. She had to go to the hospital. She actually had to go back twice and have a mm. blood transfusion and some different things like that. And it's really scary because she's living so far away and Amy and her family are here. Yeah. Uh, in Seattle mm -hmm. and you may know what that's like yeah. to live so far away from your family and there's things going on and you wish you could be there but what I love about what Amy did is she leaned into her Kalos yeah. community we have a Facebook group where we connect with each other throughout the week and she mm -hmm. said hey Kalos would you pray for my mom and people began to pray yeah. we prayed yeah. and God answered we're so mm -hmm. thankful Susie that that she's feeling better and that she has been discharged from the hospital praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we also want to spend some time praying together, and mm -hmm. I'm excited to pray together because we are doing, if you don't know this yet, next Saturday, Halloween, we are going to do a Halloween outreach at Kalos Church where we want to bless our community. And we really believe that we can lift up the name of Jesus and we can draw people to church and draw people to positive things that are going on. And so what I want to do is pray together about that because we don't want to just do an outreach outreach and work really hard without God's spirit yeah. being there. And yeah. so let's pray together that we would truly as a church community be a blessing here in Bellevue. Let's pray mm -hmm. together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to lift up your name yes, on Halloween. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to bless people. Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. I just think about kids who are coming to this drive-through safe experience, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Father, mm -hmm. that you would draw many unto you, even yes, through Lord. this Halloween event. God, I pray for all of our volunteers and everybody that's coming, Lord Jesus, that as we continue to be safe, we would continue to connect with one another. And we as a church, Lord, would represent Jesus in yes. our city. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, without further ado, Pastor Pradeepan is going to preach an incredible message in our last installment of Politically Correct. Woohoo! Well, as we conclude this series, Politically Correct, I just want to say thank you so much for all the grace you've shown us. Yeah. Preaching on politics is tough. It's terrifying. That's why we've been reading a lot from our screens during this, because we just want to make sure that our goal comes through. We want to lead people to Jesus and not a certain political party. And so the title of this message is, Should the Church Be Political? Well, long sermon short, yes. But I don't even think that's the most important question we need to be asking. It, it's this. How should the church 
be political? Yeah. How do we engage with politics? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the church is never going to not be political. We're called to speak up against injustice, be a voice for the voiceless, to seek the welfare of our city. We're not going to be able to do any of that without engaging in what is called politics. No, not at all. So how we engage is super important because there are good ways and there are bad ways for the church to engage politically, to seize power, to have a platform. Have you ever gained power in a way that probably wasn't the best? You know, in the scriptures, Jesus is given two opportunities that I want to talk about to gain power, but for some reason, he chooses not to gain power in the way that's kind of handed to him on a silver platter. Let's read the first one in Matthew 4. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. And so this is the devil speaking to Jesus. If you will kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now, Jesus is given an opportunity to have all the kingdoms of the world. And this whole thing was advancing the kingdom of God. But he rejects this opportunity of gaining political power from the devil. In John 6, another example, when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Now, again, the crowd wants to make Jesus king by force, but he slips away into the hills and he refuses to gain political power by the hands of a crowd. What is Jesus doing? Mm. I thought he wanted to advance the kingdom of God. Like, what? Was he just a political failure? Is he just really bad at politics? Why isn't he doing this? He wouldn't take power from the devil. He wouldn't take power from the crowd. Why wouldn't Jesus pick from the lesser of these two evils? And, and to be honest, if this were me, I probably would have taken the deal. I, I love a good deal. You know, in fact, in my garage right now, I have a really slow scooter and a bidet that I bought on the Internet because they were half off. Right. I'm not using that. Bidet. I did not buy this stuff. Yeah, OK, it was a good deal. OK. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just be real. I may have been tempted a little more than Jesus to take those kingdoms, you know. Uh, what is Jesus doing here? It, you know, I, I have been tempted, in all honesty, beyond the bidet, beyond the bidet, to, to gain a platform and influence in a way that probably wasn't the Lord's plan for my life. I remember when we first moved here in 2017, we moved from Michigan to Bellevue to, to start Kayla's church to make known the beauty of Jesus. And and while here, a pastor, actually, he uh he approached me and said, hey, I heard you preach. I think you'd be a good fit for our church. In fact, our, our church is a larger church. We have a couple thousand people, and I would like you to be the pastor of our church. Will you take this position? And he says, I'll, I'll pay you more than you've probably ever been paid. And I was like, what? Lord, we just moved here. Like, And there's a bunch of people, friends that came with us to start this church, to start this dream with us. And now here I'm thinking about abandoning all these people abandoning what the Lord has called us to do in starting a brand new church. We felt called to do ministry together and co-lead pastor together. And it would just be me working for this other church. And I'm like, all right, Kalos is not in a position to pay us at this time. It'd be nice to have some money. And we really feel like we're called to reach people in this region. And Lord, like maybe I shouldn't do what you told us to do so that we can reach more people with the gospel. Lord, this will help you. This will help your great name. This will help advance your kingdom. But as we 
thought about this, we're like, spoiler alert, no, we're not going to take that job. We're going to be faithful to receiving the, the will of the Lord in all of our lives. We're, we're going to build this church the way Jesus wants us to build it. And in our lives, sometimes we're, we're tempted to take opportunities just because it's man's idea of success and, and really avoid the way the Lord is leading us to take that power. And, you know, when it comes to this political series, many of us want to make a difference. And, and I, I think we need to be careful in how we gain our power, just like Jesus was careful with how he gained his power. Yeah. I, I, I think we're not above the temptation I face that Jesus faced. We all have these opportunities. And in this political series, I mean, even when we began the series, I mentioned my first sermon that Jesus is not a rebel- Republican or a Democrat. And, and people are like, ah, pretty how, how can we stay neutral in a time like this? Yeah. Like when we're mm-hmm. neutral, doesn't that just empower the oppressors? Like what Desmond Tutu said to the Anglican church in South Africa, when the church refused to stand up against the racism of apartheid, they just empower the oppressor. And for, for evil to triumph, doesn't that just require that good people simply don't do anything? How, how can we be neutral? And this, this election, the stakes are higher than ever. Maybe we could be neutral in the past, but not now. Like, this is a crazy time. And Pastor Pradeep, the only reason you can be neutral is because you're privileged. This voting season is a matter of life and death for me. Yeah. And you know, while, while we've gotten a lot of good feedback on this sermon series, I'm really thankful for this pushback because what, I, what I'm hearing from people in the depths of hearts is this. I love people, Pastor yeah. Pradeep, yeah. and I want the church to be part of helping them. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think that's a beautiful posture. Yeah. It's a beautiful heart. But we need to make sure that the way we gain our influence and our platform is done in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And so so today I want to talk about the purpose of perversion and the power of the church that we can engage in politically today Mm -hmm. and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to share is this. Number one, the church is peculiar not neutral. Yeah. You know, Jesus calls the church a city on a hill mm. in the book of Matthew. The Greek word Jesus uses here for city is polis, which is where we get the word politics. The church, therefore, is an alternative polis, a different kind of city where greatness is defined by service, power is guided by love, and justice is truly given for all. We are different. We don't have a cancel culture. We have a forgiveness culture. We don't respond to hate with hate. We respond to hate with love. We don't wag our fingers at others. We repent of our own sins. We don't demonize our enemies. We pray for them. And our quiet faithfulness has a subversive effect on a culture screaming for peace. And that's why I like to say the church isn't left or right. We're salt and light. We're a totally different category. You know, God has established different institutions on the earth. He set up government, he set up families, and he set up the church. These are overlapping influences, but distinct entities. And the church has a role that's peculiar, that's special, that's different than these other institutions. That is holy, yeah. holy. And we are called as a people, no matter who's in power, over the government. We have our own work to do as a church to take down the gates of hell, to speak up against injustice, to bring dignity to all of humanity. The church has a unique 
purpose as a city set on a hill to set an example of love and what is possible for the rest of the world to follow. I, what, I like what Dr. Martin Luther King says about this whole idea of the purpose of the church. The church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. That's because the church lives in an entire different category. We are unique, different, other, holy. You know, another way I could say it is an example from my life. Right now on Wednesdays, mm. I go to trauma therapy every single week. This pandemic has been very difficult. It's taken a toll on a lot of us. And so I have a, a safe place to process on my head issues and also my heart issues. Mm. And in these moments of security and safety and processing and venting, you know, sometimes I feel like my therapist really agrees with me. <laughs> sometimes I, I feel like he really disagrees with me. There are times where I share what it's like to be a pastor or a father and a husband. And sometimes I even talk about the arguments we have. And you might be thinking, what? You guys are super holy. You have, you have arguments as, a, as pastors that are married? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And, and sometimes I'll say, hey, you know what? This is what my wife said to me. And he'll say, whoa, that was not right. That's not, that's not okay. But then there are sometimes he says to me, hey, Pradeep, what you said to your wife was wrong. That's not right. That's not okay. And, you know, did you know you have a, a pattern of hurting those people around you that you love like this? I mean, I think like a, a month ago or so I came home and I was like, my therapist told me that I really value independence. But when you give it to me too much, I resent you for it. Mm. And I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> I, I, like, I like him. He has my back. And, and, you know, his goal is not to take my side or Amrita's side. Yeah. He, he's not trying to take sides at all. He's trying to take our hands and lead us to healing yes. and love yes. and a healthy relationship. It's not, you know, one side against the other. He's a completely different entity. And I, I think the church is called to be a completely different entity. And, and another way of explaining it for my, my sports lovers, you know, as a church, we're, we're not the Patriots or the Seahawks. We are the referees. Mm. We raise the game to a new dignity and we make sure that the, the scales are weighed evenly. Amen. Amen. And so this is something we're called to do as salt and light. We bring truth to the darkness. We expose the darkness with light. We act as a preservative so that the world doesn't rot, just like we preserve meat with salt. This is what we do as the church and it's powerful, it's peculiar, it's unique. But in that, sometimes we're tempted to kind of step out of our lane. And that's why I want to bring a warning to the church today, to the followers of Jesus, because there's a, a temptation for a perversion in the church that I face, we face, I think that we, that we all face. And so point number two, I think we need to understand is how we get our power is as important as what we do with our power. The kingdom of God is unique and we're not supposed to claim power like other institutions. And Jesus says this throughout the scriptures, the first shall be last. If you want to be a leader, be a servant. It's not the, the mighty who inherit the earth. No, it's the meek 
that will inherit yeah. the earth. We right. gain this inheritance. We gain this power, not in the ways of the world. And this is why Jesus rejected the power handed to him by the devil for all the kingdoms. This is why he didn't follow the crowd. He was going to turn these systems upside down and represent a whole new kingdom reality that we as followers of Jesus ought to follow today. But the track record of the church says that we have not refused these different ways of claiming power. I mean, when we look at church history, we see even in the early church with Constantine, the emperor of the Roman Empire, as he wore to expand the Roman Empire, he would put the Christian symbol on shields as he murdered thousands of people mm. to advance this empire. Mm. You know, the, the German church, mm. right? Mm. Most of them were in step with the Nazis and Hitler as he killed many Jewish people in the Holocaust. They were doing the same things. They were in bed with a political party. They gained their influence through ways that wouldn't be like Jesus says. Mm. And I, I think this is a temptation we can face today. And our track record is, is scary. Even earlier than that with Jesus on the cross, Jesus was not killed by atheism and anarchy. He was brought down by law and order allied with religion which is always a deadly mix. Christianity and nationalism do not have the greatest track record. Yeah. In Matthew 27, Jesus is about to be executed on the cross, and then he's given an opportunity to be freed. Let's read about it in Matthew 27. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas, so when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? Verse 20, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you, asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who's called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. You know, I always thought that Barabbas was just this common criminal or murderer. But when you look at other scriptures and you look at the Greek word to describe him, it's actually not that. He was a political revolutionary. He was arrested because he wanted to overthrow and tried to overthrow the Roman Empire by means of force and violence. And the crowd wants to release him. And I wonder if the, the Jewish leaders and people are thinking, you know what, we thought Jesus was going to be this political revolutionary, this Messiah that would help us like take over this nation again so that we could be great like we used to. I thought he was the one that was going to help us, but all he is doing is he's, he's weak and he's just being so spiritually minded that he's no earthly good. His message isn't practical in this day of age and we might as well give Barabbas a second chance because he's operating in power and strength maybe his ways are better than the ways of Jesus mm. and mm. this dichotomy are we going to find strength in our violence in our own flesh or are we going to find strength in the ways of the spirit the ways of Jesus I think is a dichotomy that the church has to make a choice in today are we going to choose Barabbas this political revolutionary strength, or are we going to choose the way of Jesus operating in meekness? Yeah. 
choosing to advance the kingdom of God, not receiving power from the ways of the world. And it's easy to get these things confused. I think a lot of times we think we're serving God by executing Jesus and choosing Barabbas. You know, even their names are similar. They have the first name that's the same. They're both called Jesus. (laughs) You know, and Barabbas means son of the father, Abba. You might see that in Barabbas. And Jesus, we know, is the son of the heavenly father. It just seems like they're the same. And sometimes with our our political allegiance, we really think we're serving the spirit of God, but we're actually serving the spirit of Barabbas. Jesus, Barabbas, and Jesus Christ represent a clear choice as far as our spiritual destiny is concerned. Each represents a different kingdom and a different way of entering that kingdom. Jesus, Barabbas, represents the kingdom of this world, meaning trying to find salvation in this world. This kingdom is entered through human efforts, specifically through the use of human power, including violence. Jesus Christ represents the kingdom of God, which we enter in meekness through faith. We must realize that there are no other alternatives for our spiritual destiny. Every person who ever lives will either choose the one called Barabbas, the kingdom of this world, or the one called Christ, the kingdom of God. And today, I just want to make sure we check our hearts today and just make sure in all our passion for making difference, we haven't accidentally gain power in a way that's not the ways of Jesus. Even right now, Holy Spirit, would you convict me? Would you convict us Mm -hmm. if we've chosen a lesser influence, Mm -hmm. if we've chosen the spirit of Barabbas Mm -hmm. over the spirit of Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you reveal that to us right now? And so in in this dichotomy, we're we're thinking, well, then how do we engage politically as a church? Like I, I, I see that the church is peculiar, but I know that there's this perversion and now i'm just i don't know what to do Mm. but i want to let you know that there is a powerful reality the ways of jesus that we can step into and point number three yeah i believe this the church is most powerful when we give our lives away instead of demanding our way yeah you know our uniqueness as followers of jesus isn't in how we vote it's in how we live how we love, how we're willing to sacrifice our time and resources for others. Following Jesus doesn't give us any privileged wisdom on how to fix and run society by political means, but it should give us a greater willingness to transform society by Jesus-looking means. That is through the power of self-sacrificial love. And after the crowd say to Jesus, crucify him and say to the governor, crucify him, we see that Jesus is coronated as the king over all of the world, all of the heavens and the earth, but it's not in the way we think. Instead of receiving a crown of gold, he's given a crown of thorns that's pushed into his skull. Mm. Instead of an amazing robe, he's given this scarlet robe that they put on him to mock him with. And then they, they don't give him a golden scepter, they give him a rod and then they beat him with. And this is the way Jesus is coronated into his kingdom. He doesn't take it from the devil. He doesn't take it from the crowds. He takes it by giving his life away. Jesus rejected the worldly power and the worldly power rejected him, but he built something in that that lasts to this day and will continue to last forever. We're not bowing our knees to the emperor of rome anymore but we still bow to jesus today amen amen Amen. Amen. and this is how jesus brings his kingdom it's backwards it's upside down it's the spirit says meekness weakness 
trusting in the Lord, believing that the foolish things of the world will confound the wise. And the church remains to this day. Historically, the church has done way better following the example of Jesus by leading from the bottom instead of the top. Yeah. I want to show you an example of this in a video right now. Well, Robert Rakes opened the doors to his first Sunday school class in July of 1780. Who attended? Small kids. At the time, these kids worked more than 12 hours a day, six days a week in horrendous work conditions, even for adult standards. Only the rich kids went to school. Robert's ministry idea was simple. Teach kids to read on their only day off, Sunday. The curriculum was, that's right, the Bible, which brought together two kingdom elements, justice and evangelism. Now he had his critics. His infamous Sunday school became known as Rake's Ragged Schools. The critics criticized his violating the Sabbath, undermining home-based religious education, and it even became politicized. Shocking, I know. But in 20 years, a couple dozen kids grew to 200,000. By 1850, two million children were in Sunday school, learning both to read and about Jesus. This one simple innovation became the seeds for revival across two continents. Today, Sunday school is still around, but is it? Well, good news, legislation was created and passed for kids to go to school full-time. Children no longer needed Sunday school to learn how to read. In other words, Sunday school changed. The purpose shifted. It went from introducing kids to the gospel, fighting injustice, creating a better future for millions of kids to a pre-worship service Bible class for already Christians. The model of Sunday school became gilded in gold, frozen in time. Now there was great power in Rakes' initial design, but at that time, everything changed. Sunday school was forced into a new, diluted purpose. So now we're left with two things. Either we innovate or let other forces innovate us out. For whenever God's people have actually leaned into innovation, the world has shifted on its axis. So ready or not, everything is changing again. We can mourn what we have lost or we could find the future together. I love this story because the church led by example as a peculiar society and then the government and legislation followed this amazing example, the city on a hill. And that's why we as pastors are, are more concerned with loving than winning because in light of eternity, it's just way more effective. Yeah. That's why people are still bowing their knees to Jesus and not the Roman Empire. And so that's why we say, yes, vote, but still bring food to your neighbors. Yeah. Vote, but still bring strangers into your home. Yes. Vote, but still live simply so others can simply live. Yeah. Vote, but still adopt many of the hundreds of kids in the foster program in our own state. Yeah. We vote with our election, but also with our lives. And yeah. this is so powerful. The way of loving is greater than the way of winning. Yeah. And so we don't demand our way. We give our lives away. And this is the way of Jesus. Yeah. This is the example. And I, sometimes I just think we've forgotten the true power of the church. But I totally believe that the church, inspired by the power of God, operating through the power of God, the church is the most powerful 
force on earth. Amen. And politics are way more than elections. Yes. We can engage politically with our time, with our money, and our vote, with everything we are we advance the kingdom of god we seek first the kingdom of god and so for those of us who are not wanting the church to be neutral amen let's be peculiar and make a difference in the ways of jesus and for those of us who are disillusioned with the government and we're like ah no matter who i vote for it doesn't really make a difference i mean look at the options we have i'm not really passionate about either one and i marched in the rallies i gave money to these things and yet the officials in charge didn't change anything and i i don't know if i can really make a difference well i want to let you know You can make a difference by participating in the greatest force on earth, the church, inspired by the power of God. You might be saying, well, I'm too young. I can't vote. I can't make a difference. Hey, join us and let's vote with our lives through the power of church. You might be saying, you know, I have a past. I was convicted and I have a felony, so I can't vote. Well, I want to let you know you can still make a difference. You might not be a citizen in America, but you're still passionate about making a difference in this time, in this era. And I want to let you know you can vote with your lives. You can participate in the church and we can make a difference together. Amen. Amen. And so, so I I just want to say, yes, do your civic duty, but not at the expense of your kingdom duty. We follow the ways of Jesus and not the ways of Barabbas. Amen. Amen. And we know this season is very difficult. We're all making decisions on how we do that. And we want you to know we're with you. We know how it feels. This is tense. Like we've been saying at the beginning of all these messages, this is scary. We get it. But God is with us. And he's called us to be that shining light, that city on the hill. And I I believe that God's going to do amazing things through us. And so I want to conclude with a a psalm. And I want these words to just wash over our minds, to renew our minds, to renew our spirits. As we just say again and again, Jesus, we surrender to you. We follow your lead. We follow your example. We follow your ways. Psalm 146. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. And so, dear Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your ways. I pray that you would help us to operate in your power. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, thank you for going on this political yeah. journey for us. I believe this is an important message for us to hear as we base our whole lives on the ways of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest, I'm glad we are done with this series. (laughs) Amen and amen. Well, before we transition, you know, we talk a lot about the beauty of Jesus. And we know that there are people who haven't experienced the beauty of Jesus for themselves. They haven't surrendered to the ways of Jesus. And many of us are just walking around this world faced with tragedies, pain, difficulties, confusion. And we've realized our own leadership is insufficient. But I want to let you know, Jesus, he isn't. 
He's got strength and peace and joy for all of us. He wants a relationship with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to surrender to him right now, would you pray this prayer with us right now? We're going to put some words on the screen and uh, we're going to pray this all at the same time as a prayer of surrender. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, if you pray that prayer, especially for the first time, we don't want you to be alone on this journey of following Jesus. So please text Jesus425 to the number on the screen. Amen. 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 Well, what a great message. Thank you so much. So encouraging. I hope that that message really touched your heart Mm -hmm. and maybe brought some thoughts to questions that you're answering about how the church engages with politics. And if you know someone that's answering some of those or asking some of those Mm -hmm. questions, or maybe someone just sort of lost in all of this, we encourage you to share this message on social media. uh, And hopefully it will be a huge encouragement to those around you as well. Amen. Amen. but we want to transition into a time of giving of our tithes and our offerings of worshiping Amen. the Lord with what he's given us financially. And so I want you to know that when you give to Kalo's mm-hmm. church, you're giving back to the Lord, you're worshiping him, but you're also giving to life yes. change. And there are real people who are being really touched mm-hmm. by the spirit of God through a community of people who want to just exist to follow the ways of Jesus and bring those that are far from him to him. Yes. And so I want you to hear another testimony. Mm-hmm of how God is changing lives here at Kalos Church. Good morning, Kalos. My name is John, if you haven't met me, and you probably haven't. I've actually never attended a service in person. I've only been going to Kalos for the duration of the pandemic, so about the last seven years, and I've been surprised by how connected I feel already, even if it was just online. I've been to a lot of churches before, raised in the church, and I've always struggled with the way that we've been expected to attend church and the way the church is intended in the Bible. And and maybe that echoed some of my own struggles. I was going through a time where my choices, my behaviors, my attitudes, things that I felt like I should be in control of, I didn't have control of. And I would pray for strength or patience or guidance or really anything that I could use to get myself out of that situation. But it became pretty clear that I was only ever going to do what I wanted. And so my prayer had to change. I I asked God, change my desires, make my heart look more like your heart. Because if I'm only ever going to do what I want, then I want to want the right things. And that's what informed my my choice to go to Kalos. I was looking for a church that honored God and, and sought the things he sought after, authentic community, service in the place that you've been put, a non-consumer mindset. And I feel like I have found that. And what a great way to determine whether a church is more than just the building it meets in than having to meet online for uh, summer. I am excited to get to know the rest of you and to get to know a body of people that are pursuing the things that God desires. And I hope that we continue to pursue that because I think that is the way that we will become the church that God has intended for us.
Well, thank you for that yeah. incredible testimony. Yeah. I love hearing how God is transforming lives here at Kalos Church. Amen. Amen. Well, I have just a couple of announcements for you before we leave today. And that is, it is not too late to join House Gathering. Click here at the link. It is way more fun mm -hmm. to watch service together in yes. a home mm -hmm. and be safe. We wear masks. It's really just so wonderful. So join a House Gathering on Sunday mornings. Also, we have online small groups that are going all throughout the week. It is not too late yeah. to join an online small group. If you're new, if you've never been to one, we are ready for you. You can jump into them right now. And I'm so excited that tonight is our October meet and greet. Yeah. Meet and greet means Ooh. we are going to meet yes. you live in person, Ooh. not over a TV screen or a computer screen. We are really excited. We do this in a very safe CDC friendly way. We do that here in Bellevue. And if you are interested in learning more about Kalos Church, if you'd like to come meet us, we really want to meet you. Yeah. Our leadership team is going to be there. And and we want to invite you to come because this is such a great time to learn more about who Kalos Church is. Uh, it's going to be really fun. And there's a couple spots, a few spots left for tonight's meet and greet. So click on the link and sign up. It is not too late, but it's close. Also, we have our Halloween extravaganza that's happening next Saturday here in Bellevue. It is a drive-through experience. Bring your kids. We have a incredible candy situation basket <laughs> bag for about 250 people kids come That's it's gonna amazing. be so fun we're gonna lift up the name of jesus mm -hmm. we're gonna just have so much fun handing out candy there's gonna be different characters there like elsa and word party and moana i'm not gonna word tell you anymore party. but these are cdc friendly characters that are gonna come up to your car and just greet you it's gonna be a great time. So join us next Saturday. We're going to have a wonderful time on a Halloween together. All right. Amen. Let me bless you before you go. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. All things are possible Possible.
this confidence. You'll finish what you started. God, you have never failed. You won't start with me. Your present is